Welcome into the Jock of All Trades podcast. It is a little after 5.30 on Thursday, October 6th. This is episode four of season three. Um, We are going to be breaking down um, last weekend's games for our three teams, Michigan State, Michigan, and Notre Dame. Well, Notre Dame was on a bye, so so just two games. And we're going to be previewing the upcoming games this weekend for Michigan State, U of M, and Notre Dame. Uh, Michigan State will be taking on Ohio State on Saturday, as well as Michigan will be playing... uh, We'll be going down to Bloomington to play the Hoosiers, and Notre Dame is on the road to Las Vegas to play Brigham Young. Um, Our second topic, we're going to be doing a rapid-fire rundown of college football questions. I'm going to give Mike a question, and he and I are both going to be providing some commentary on each question. It's kind of like around the United States, the things going on right now in college football. And then to wrap things up, we are going to be talking about the Detroit Lions, their third loss. Um... Second or third loss? Third loss. Third loss uh, this past weekend to Seattle. Um, talking about their offense and how strong they've been, and then talking about their defense and how bad they've been. And the Detroit Lions will be traveling to New England this weekend, and we'll be talking about that. So if you're ready to go, let's get things going, Mike. Let's do it. Um, so about Michigan State, we'll start there. I, I was uh, not at the game in Lansing, but I was there um, – uh, no, I'm, no, I'm sorry. That was a couple weeks ago. They went to Maryland. Um, I thought they played much better against Maryland than what they did against Minnesota. What was your take on the Maryland game? Uh, they played a little better defensively. They still gave up the big play, but they just had no offense. Yeah. It was. It might be the end for Peyton Thorne. I think we all realize now that he was only so good last year because Kenneth Walker was on the team. I think the whole team can say that, bro. I mean, it's 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 that's a definitely a glaring. Um, you know, a glaring loss. You know who impressed me to start the game, and even throughout the game, was Collins. Elijah, Elijah Collins played great, I thought. Um, and I didn't think he was going to have any impact on this team at the beginning of the year, and now he looks like one of our best backs. Right, right. And it, it's just strange that, you know, how, how, how some guys progress. And, you know, just talking about Jalen Berger and Broussard, like, they're just nowhere to be found. That offense just can't get anything going, and it's, it's been really hard to watch. Um uh, you touched on Peyton Thorne. I mean, he just looks like he's got no confidence. He looks like he's got, uh, he's just stale. He's, he's sailing throws over guys' heads. He's coming up short. Um, I, I just don't know what's going on with Peyton Thorne. It just, it's, it's strange. Yeah, it's, it is strange because while last year he had Kenneth Walker to take the pressure away, he was still accurate when he needed to throw. Sure, yeah. You know, his long ball was always his best thing, and now he's just overthrowing every single receiver. It's bad. The overthrows are bad. Um, uh, you know, the interceptions, not so much, I don't think. But it's just, he's just has been nowhere near as accurate as he was last year. And he's not making the big throws. It's just, I mean, like the word I would use to describe your offense is just stale. It's just, there's nothing there. And Play then, call is not good either. No. And, 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 and let's talk about their defense. I mean, their defense has been, um, I mean, abysmal. I mean, one of the worst defenses again in the country. And... You know, you're you're going you're at you're at home this weekend, but you're against Ohio State, um, who has one of the best offenses in the country. So, you know, what are your thoughts on that game? That's going to be a bloodbath. I think the line sits at 27 right now. Um, I would be surprised if Michigan State puts up 10 points. Yeah. And I would be surprised if they hold Ohio State to 50. You think it's going to be that bad? It's not even going to be close. 
the over is 65, which I, I think I, I would take the under on that. I think I agree with you. I, I think Simply I, I, because I, Michigan State's not going to score. Yeah, like a 49-10 game or something like that. You know, it, it's supposed to be nice on, on Saturday, sunny in 65, which probably works in the favor of Ohio State just because they have the offense and they'll be able to hum. You know, Mayan Williams has been amazing um, at running back for Ohio State. You know, they have so much depth at wide receiver. They have the best offensive line in the country. They have one of the best quarterbacks in the country. I mean, it could get really bad really quick. It, it might, I mean, do you think it'll be as bad as last year, 49 nothing and a half? It's tough to get worse than that. Yeah. I don't, I want to say no, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's mm-hmm. just as bad. I mean, you would have to think that because their secondary is arguably worse than last year. They don't have Snow. They don't have Henderson. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if Slade's playing or not, but... Probably not. Um, so, I mean, that's going to be really interesting. My prediction is, um, uh, I mean, it's going to be a lot. I think Ohio State is going to roll them. And, um, you know, Ryan Day showed last week how he went for a fake punt against Rutgers when they are up by 50. So I wouldn't be surprised if Ryan Day, you know... He does not let up, um, unless he wants to keep his players healthy. But I could definitely see him running up a score for sure. Yep. Um, talking about U of M, I thought they looked really good last weekend. And um, when I say really good, I mean they went into Iowa and they did what they had to do. It was a low-scoring game. Their quarterback didn't make any mistakes. Um, you know, their wide receivers made big catches at times. Blake Corum, again, had, had another great day. Did you have a chance to watch the Michigan game at all or no? I did. And, you know, Blake Corums, he's making a case for himself to be one of the top running backs in the nation. It's crazy. I mean, he's volume. He gets a lot of yards because of the volume. But, you know, he's making the most of his opportunities. Like five yards per carry, I think he's hits that right now. Yeah. He's, he's, he's been playing great. And they have so much depth at wide receiver. Um, uh, you know, with Ronnie Bell and with uh, Andrell Anthony and uh, Roman Wilson and and their tight ends are really good, and they're up, I mean, they're just really good. They're just a really good team, and um, it's really hard for me to say that. Um, now Indiana's really bad. Um, that line right now is at twenty two and a half. I expect that to go up mm-hmm. before Saturday. That 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 should be another bloodbath. Yeah, Indiana's one of the worst teams in the Big Ten. You know, Michigan, what number four in the country right mm-hmm. now? The offense. You said it's really good. Mm-hmm. McCarthy doesn't make mistakes. Defense is is is, is, is just, just what they good. yeah is just what they need to be. The defense is is just decent. Like there there's nothing special. There's nothing, but, but but they aren't bad. That's the difference between like state and Michigan. Is you know if state had a, a decent um, a decent defense, I mean this whole season would be different. But it's. Um, U of M has the sixth best defense in the country right now. Again, I think those numbers are fudged because of the first three games. Yep, of course. But um, they're, they're still just winning really big games. And that Iowa game, Jim Harbaugh even said it this week. He said that's, that's where top five teams go to die. You know, it happened with Penn State, Ohio State, um, you know, some other teams that he mentioned. Um, so they did what they had to do, and, and now they're going to Bloomington um, to face the Hoosiers, which I, I expect to just be, you know, a blowout. So oh, yeah. we'll see what happens. Um, and, and side note, did you see that, like, they, this made no sense to me, that Fox, you know, Fox is obviously in bed with the Big Ten, but they're also a Big 12 network. Um, and you got Texas, Oklahoma this weekend, and the big noon kickoff is going to Bloomington for Indiana, Michigan, when they were just at 
Michigan they last were just week. there. They're just in Iowa for the Michigan-Iowa game. So, yeah. I mean, what's I, I, I don't understand what Big Noon Kickoff is doing. I mean, you have one of the biggest rivalries in the country with Texas-Oklahoma. You air their games, the Big 12 games, on your network, and you're going to Michigan-Indiana. That just, it just seems to me like it's, it just makes no sense to me. I, I just had to comment on that. Yeah, I I thought they liked to spread it around, too. I don't know That's why. what game day does. Yeah. I mean, right? It doesn't make sense. doesn't but, make sense to me at all. You know, game day will be in Kansas this weekend. You know, there's this should tell you how bad Texas A&M and Texas and Oklahoma are, that Texas A&M is playing at home against Alabama, and or is that in Tuscaloosa? I, I think it's in, in – well, it doesn't matter. Texas is playing Oklahoma. Kansas is playing um, – I forget who Kansas is playing. Oh, TCU. TCU. Um, and they're going to Lawrence for a football game. Never happened before. It's never no. happened before. So I'm really – and Kansas is 5-0. and oh. I mean, it's it's crazy. Um, I'm just really shocked about that. Uh, so Notre Dame, we had a bye last week. Um, you know, I really hope that, you know, Marcus Freeman spent a lot of time. I saw he was doing a lot of recruiting last week um, because they were on bye. But – they got a lot of work to do on that defense and quarterback play, and I pray and hope that they're ready to go. Um, Utah's defensive line is insane, and uh, they're monsters, so I hope our offensive line is ready. I hope our running backs are ready. Uh, for some reason, Notre Dame's favored by this. It doesn't make sense to me. It's a three-and-a-half. Um, I think BYU's really good, and they have just man, like or just, a ton of men, like they have, they have twenty five year old, twenty four year old, twenty six year old men on this team, and that's what scares me about them. Always does. Yeah, I I kind of agree with them being favored. I think Notre Dame's the better team. They have more talent. They just need to figure out their offense. Oh, then, yeah. Defense will be fine. Still have that backup quarterback in, right? Yep. Yeah. So I mean, as long I mean, as he's he's going to be in for the rest of the year if he doesn't get hurt, so. I mean, it it should be interesting. I'm I'm hoping to see a big improvement, and I've I've seen improvement over the last couple games, but the offensive line to keep getting better, the defensive line to keep getting better, the secondary, etc. They beat North Carolina what two weeks ago? Yeah, North and Carolina's that was a, a and that team. was a huge win going into the bye week. That like that gave us a lot of momentum. Um, and North Carolina's a good team. Yep. Came out yesterday that Notre Dame has the number one hardest schedule in the country with having to face Ohio State. UNC was ranked at the time. Got to play BYU. They got to play USC. They got to play Clemson. They have a really hard schedule, and um, it starts here with BYU, number sixteen BYU, who's four and one, who's won four games already. So, we'll see what happens. I, I don't really have a prediction on a game because I, I didn't see Notre Dame play last weekend. But, I mean, I'm hoping they can go in there and get a win. I'm, I'll be really curious to see if Utah fans or if BYU fans travel from Utah to Vegas. I mean, I don't think it's that long of a drive. Um, I don't think. So we'll see what happens. Um, staying on the topic of college football, um, I have some rapid-fire questions here, um, six or seven of them for Mike and that I want to comment on as well. But we'll start out here locally. Um, the defensive coordinator for Michigan State, uh, for those that don't know, his name's Scotty Hazleton. Uh, I want to say this is his second year at Michigan State. Yep. Um, they had the worst secondary in the country last year. Their defense is one of the worst secondaries, again, this year in the country. And um, he still has a job. And I know the heat is going to be turning up on Mel Tucker. So my question is, is does Scotty Hazel, do you think Scotty Hazelton makes it through his second season at Michigan State this year? No, I don't think so. I think he gets destroyed by Ohio State's offense. And then they play Wisconsin. Wisconsin's not good. 
So if Wisconsin puts up a ton of points, if if Wisconsin, that that's that's my comment. Ohio State is already chalked up as a loss. Yep. You know, if you guys lose to Wisconsin, who's not good, and like you said, if if they you know run for two hundred fifty yards and throw for three hundred, I could see him getting fired. Yep. Then we have a bye week right there, so that. But that then would you be play the Michigan next. So that's the, before then. Use that as an excuse for why we lost to Michigan. Fired the defensive coordinator. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, in my opinion, he should be fired now. I thought yeah. he should have been fired at the end of last year. And he's making a million dollars. That's crazy. That's criminal. Yeah. Um, I'm shocked. Okay, so uh, assuming Scotty does get fired, which I think he will no matter what, like whether it's next week, the week after, or at the end of the year, um, I would love to see Mel Tucker go after a high-profile defensive coordinator and. Paul Christ was just fired from Wisconsin. Scott Frost was fired from Nebraska. You have other coordinators around the country making over $2 million a year. So my second question is, is do you think Mel Tucker goes after a high-profile defensive coach such as Paul Christ or Scott Frost or somebody else? Do I think he will? No, but I think he should go for Paul Christ. You know, he's always had a great defense at Wisconsin. He's a great coach. Yeah. Six and one in bowl games. Why was he fired Wisconsin. to begin with? That, that blew my mind. 70% winning percentage there. Like, good coach. I guess wasn't performing to their standards. Yeah. I don't know. But who, who are you going to find that's better? Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And um, I, I don't know if Tuck will promote from within. I would be really upset at that. Um, I, I think this needs a – you need to go out and find a guy like Brandon Jordan that not only is really good at his – unit coaching like his specific style but also a really good recruiter and Mel's a good recruiter Brandon Jordan is obviously um you know and they have guys on that staff that are solid recruiters but you need to go after someone that is just a relentless defensive mind someone younger um someone that's different you know just a, a new voice I think that's definitely needed um my third question is is this past weekend Alabama beat Arkansas it was a great game I watched the whole game Um, They went to Arkansas and won, Uh, but Bryce Young got injured. And um, my third question is, is can Alabama win out and be successful if Bryce Young remains on the sidelines? Which, by the way, Nick Saban came out yesterday and said that he's day-to-day, so he's probably not going to be out for the season. But do you think think, um, uh, they win or, or they can win without Bryce? The rest of the regular season or the season, the regular season. If he's out for an extended period of time, I don't know. They have Texas A&M this week. I think they could win that. Yeah. But then they go to number eight, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. They host number 23, Mississippi State. They go to number 25, LSU, and then go to number nine, Ole Miss. That's a gauntlet. So they got Texas A&M, Tennessee, Mississippi State, LSU, and Ole Miss in five games. Yeah. Oh well, and then you can also say Arkansas. So that that six game run from Arkansas, A and M, Tennessee, Mississippi State, LSU, and Ole Miss. I mean, the SEC is insane. I mean, that schedule right there. Um, did you watch any of the Bama game? I did not. Okay, no. so their backup quarterback Jalen Milrow, who I mean, he's a Usain Bolt slash Cam Newton clone. The dude ran for like seventy seven yards in one in one run. I mean, he just he he broke a tackle and went to the house. Um, He's he's a monster. I mean, he he he's just really he's completely different than Bryce Young. He reminds me of a um, a bigger Jalen Hurts, like somebody that is really elusive that can go and get you twenty yards. Um, he's really good. So, I I think Alabama can win 
like without Bryce, but if they have Bryce, I think they're the number one team. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, they definitely can when they have the talent. I just is that freshman quarterback? Is that what? Uh, yeah, the new guys. Just never know with a gauntlet like that in the SEC. So I mean, we'll see what happens. I think that's going to be really interesting to see. I really am a big fan of Bryce Young, so I hope he comes back soon. Um, I would love to see him win the Heisman again, but I don't think that'll happen. But I just really like him. I, I think he's a really solid quarterback. Um, so there is some shocking, uh, shocking um, records in college football right now, and and Kansas is one of them. Kansas is five and zero. Um, that's never happened in the history of Kansas football. Um, they're they're selling out their stadium. College game day will be there on Saturday for their game against TCU. So, what's more shocking to you, Kansas being ranked and them being five and zero, or Texas A and M being unranked three and two, and currently they're a twenty four point underdog against Alabama this weekend. So Kansas or A and M is a bigger shock to you. I'm gonna say Kansas. Kansas has always been awful. No one Always. expected them to be good. Always. And Texas A&M, if you go back to the first episode we talked about it, I said they're overrated. You know, they got the greatest recruiting class ever, but that means nothing when everyone's a freshman, everyone, they've never played together. You've got to figure it out. They're not getting any coaching, obviously. Yep. And before the season even started and the initial lines came out, Alabama was a 17-point favorite over and Texas A&M. Yeah, and it's already gone up to 24 and. You know, I remember back uh, a few months ago in the summertime when Nick Saban called out, he pretty much called out Jimbo Fisher, didn't say his name, but um, he referenced their program. And then Jimbo the next morning had this big press conference and it was just a a really big pissing match. And now Alabama's favored by 24, um, uh, which blows my mind. And so my biggest shock is is, is definitely A&M. I obviously didn't see Kansas going 5-0, and and I don't think they're going to stay undefeated. Um, but with Texas A&M, they still have to play – so this weekend they got to play Bama. they got to go South Carolina, Ole Miss, Florida, Auburn, and LSU. I mean, if Texas A&M loses three out of the – I mean, they're going to lose to LSU. They're going to lose to Florida. They're going to lose to Ole Miss. They're going to lose to Bama. That puts them at 3-6. and six. Um, I think they're going to let Jimbo go if that's the case. I think they beat South Carolina, the, and, and, and the Auburn Tigers are terrible. So um, if they end up at 5-7, um, and seven, I mean, that could be really bad for Jimbo. That's a really bad look. Um, would you agree? Yeah, I mean, you have to make a bowl game with that type of recruiting class. But if they get, go 6-6, six and six, they might just count it as a down year. You know, Jimbo gets good recruits. Just see what happens. Yeah. Um, so my next question is, is you know, we already talked about Scott Frost and Paul Chris being fired. Herm Edwards got fired in Arizona State. Um, what is what is the next program to fire their head coach possibly? And and I'll I'll start first. Um, Stanford has been really bad lately, and I know Stanford is not technically considered a football school, but like David Shaw made them a football school. I I mean it started with Harbaugh one, but when David Shaw came in there, like they've been you know a double digit winning team a couple years in a row, and they're terrible right now, um, really bad. Um, my, my second one could be who I just said, Jimbo Fisher. If they continue to lose games, if they lose three or four more games, I would not be surprised if those donors bought his contract out and said, see you later, and they bring in somebody else. Um, I think that would kill their recruits and that would kill their program, but those people down there think their team is so much better than what they are. Um, so what is the next program do you think that fires their head coach or who's on the hot seat? Um... 
don't want to say it, and I don't think it's true, but I've been getting a lot of texts these past few weeks about the guy we love, Mel Tucker. I don't think he's going to be fired. You know, he's... Not this year. But he's got to perform. I mean, it's he had the great season last year, but it can't be this. It, it can't be this year. You got to you got to give him more time. He's got to get his recruits in there. He's got to. to change it. up the style. I don't think I've just been getting the text, and it's just, it's just on my mind because of that. But I don't know. He needs to win. He can't. He can't win four games this year after just winning eleven, and having all this hype coming into the year, ranked top fifteen. Getting well, good recruiting class. Like, I understand he's still getting his recruits and all that, but you have to win. You yeah. have to perform. When you're making over $9 million a year and, um, you know, you, you, you had your coming out party last year and, you know, whether it was because of Kenneth Walker or not, that's irrelevant. You you showed your ass last year. You proved that, you know, you can win. I mean, like, they won a lot of close games, too. Um, that 11-2 and two season could have very well have been 8-5. and five because there were so many close games. The Michigan game co- comes to mind, um, uh, and a couple others as well. But you got to, like you said, you got to go out there and win. I, I don't think it's this year for him. I mean, no. you know, one right. of his coordinators is going to be put on the you know, plank before him. Um, like besides Mel Tucker, like, like, like did anybody else come to mind? And, and there's always those programs that think they're so much better than what they are, like Texas, right? Like if Steve Sarkeesian loses to Oklahoma on Saturday, and then they – lose two more games. Do they get rid of Sark? I mean, it's possible. Um, uh, who, who knows what could happen there? But those are mine, you know, for sure David Shaw at Stanford. Jimbo Fisher, I think, is already on the hot seat. Um, yeah, I would agree, especially with Jimbo. Yeah. Um, so the last question I got for you is, is pick the upset and why. And there's, there's three really good games that caught my eye this weekend. It's Tennessee. They're on the road to Baton Rouge um, to take on Louisiana State. Um, Tennessee is favored by three. The next game that, that piqued my interest was Texas Christian is going to Lawrence. Kansas is a uh, six-point fa- or Yeah, they're favored by six. And then Utah at UCLA. And side note about UCLA, um, they have been uh, unbelievable. Um, shockingly, that's one of my shocks to all of college football this year has been UCLA because they they are showing that they can win games. Chip Chip Kelly is has that team five and zero against a four and one Utah team. Um, Utah's favored by three and a half. So out of those three games, what games do you think <coughs> could be an upset and why? I'm gonna say LSU because they're at home. It's it's tough to win there. You know, they, I think they should be five and zero. They had that crazy game against Florida State week yep. one, yep. but they've rebounded. Wins over Mississippi State, Auburn, you know, the other random FCS schools they played. But Brian Tennessee, Kelly's going to win games, period. Yeah, Tennessee has looked good, but it's tough to win on the road at LSU, and I think they have a good team. Yeah, I'm surprised that's not a night game. That That is a noon game, which I, I, I thought that they definitely would have flexed to 8 o'clock because night games in LSU, I mean, they're just different. It's just like playing in a whiteout at Penn State or, you know, some hostile environment. Um, uh for me, it's going to be Utah at UCLA, and the, and the main point is, is because if UCLA wins this game and they go to six and zero, they probably move into the top ten, and it really definitely puts a um, uh, a really big flyer on the USC game, the, the second second to last week of the year. If both of those teams are undefeated, 
which they very well could be, um, uh, that's going to be really interesting. So for me, uh, it's UCLA. If, if, if they can beat Utah at home, um, that's going to be huge for that program for sure. Yeah, definitely. Segwaying into the NFL, sticking on sticking on football, um, you know, it was so depressing last weekend, you know. Um, nobody really knew how bad uh, the Lions secondary was until last week, um, you know, when they gave up, um, you know, a ton, a, I mean, a, just a ton of yards, a ton of points, losing 48 to 45 against Seattle. I mean, was that just not a, um, I mean. Yeah, you put up 45 points and you lose, like, the defense is just polar opposite of the offense. We have the best offense in the NFL yep. and dead last in defense. It's unbelievable. It's you can't if I, we had a bad defense, we would be three and one right now. Easy. We have a high school team out there against these guys. It's it's pathetic. You know, third and sixteen and they're running fifty yards for a touchdown untouched. Like what are we what are we doing out there? Wide open I mean just I mean Seattle had wide receivers and nobody was even within ten to fifteen yards. Oh yeah. I so mean, it's definitely scheme, it's definitely um, it's of course personnel too, but they ran um, the bootleg and it was twenty plus yards every single time. It's you gotta you think, figure it out. What do you think I mean, uh, you know, like besides injuries and I'm trying to think of I mean, Hutchinson has been nothing this year. Well, I mean, he's, he's, he's had terrible. He's had one good half of football, and that was against Washington when he had three sacks. Besides that, didn't even know he was on the field. Um, hey, at least he touched the uh, scorebook last week with, I think, one QB hit. I mean, he, he's been terrible. Um, you know, Josh, Josh Pascal is, is hurt. Uh, wow. Levi Aranzarike, who we drafted in the second round last year, hasn't seen the field. Um the secondary, the corners have, besides Jeff Okuda, who's been playing great, nothing, nothing from them. Um, linebackers, nothing. Lose Tracy Walker. Huge Ooh. loss, leadership rise, right? Yep. I mean, you know, and you're going against New England, and we'll talk about that in a second, but, I mean. The best-looking guy on our team is a sixth-round draft pick, Rodrigo. Uh, Rodriguez, Rodriguez, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're giving up 440 points a game. They're giving up 35 points a game. Both of those are dead last. And, I mean, so Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator, has definitely got to start facing some heat or make a change because, like you said, if you have the number one offense in the, in the whole league and you're dead last on defense, that's a fucking problem. So oh, yeah. they definitely need to change that. So I want to talk to you about the offense. And, and the offense has been... I mean, incredible, to be honest with you. I mean, who would have thought the Detroit Lions would have the number one offense in the NFL through four games? To me, what's amazing is, is you know, their offensive line has been hurt all year. Jonah Jackson's been gone. Rank, Frank Ragnow missed a couple games. Um, uh, like, they've been having, you know, several backups on the offensive line. Their 12th pick overall, I think he went number 12 overall last year, Jamison Williams, you know, he hasn't seen the field yet. And St. Brown and Swift have been hurt as well. And they're still, I mean, like, what happens when they come back? Yeah, I mean, this this offense is great. You know, Goff, he's doing what he needs to do. We're so balanced. We can run. We can pass. Ben Johnson is a great offensive coordinator. He's going to be a head coach soon. Someday, yeah. I hope we just promote him within. 
he gives me, he gives me, yeah, the, like in, in Mega Mario coach. Is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, and get rid of. You know, Dan yeah, Campbell. Campbell, yeah. He can just be a motivational speaker or something. He's going to be the next Kyle Shanahan, Matt LaFleur, Sean McVay, that yep. offensive, Definitely. that young offensive, just di- Mike uh, Mike McDaniel down in, in, in Miami. He's going to be that next guy um, who's coming up. And um, what's amazing to me is is we're this good without key players. What, what happens when those guys come back? Yeah, and, it's only going to get better. Yeah, absolutely. So... We'll see what happens. Um, just need so the defense to step it up because this has the potential to be a really good team. Absolutely. Um, so previewing um, the New England game this weekend, and um, I think Mac Jones is starting. Um, it was reported that that Bailey Zappi. Where did he go again? The Western Kentucky. Okay. Um, uh, who was drafted by them last year? He came in when Brian Hoyer. Got hurt last week, yep. and he he won. They lost. They lost to Green Bay, I think. In overtime, I believe. But he he, he played well. Yep. Um, as most people know, our former head coach Matt Patricia is the offensive coordinator in. Uh, I shouldn't say he's the offensive coordinator. He's coaching the offense um, in New England, and if that offense, coached by Matt Patricia, who I think I can speak for all Lions fans, who might be the worst coach ever here, yep. just by. How he treated the fans, not the fans. How he treated the media. How he treated the players. He ran Darius Slay out of town. He ran. Who was the defensive back on um, on Seattle this past weekend? Who who played for the Lions? Who he ran out of town as well? Um, it'll come to me. Um, uh, he's just a really just not a good guy. Um, uh, what if he comes in here? Diggs. Quandre Diggs. Yes, exactly. Quandre Diggs. Yes, thank you. Um, what if they do what Seattle did to us? Especially if it's Bailey Zappi going into the bye, you might have to make some personnel changes. Oh, uh, you think? I mean, this. I said the same thing about last game. It's such a winnable game. You have to take advantage. You're playing a bad team. If we lose to New England the season, you can't come back from one and four. No, the season's over with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's playing a potentially third-string quarterback. You have to win that game. You have to shut him down. He He's played two, three quarters of NFL football. Yeah. Like, just throw things at him that a rookie wouldn't have seen before, and you win that game. Change up the scheme. Change up the, I mean, just, uh, you know, your blitz packages. I mean, just, I mean, like, New England is not. I mean, they're just not they're 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 not good this year. Um, they don't have wideouts. If Mac Jones doesn't play, I mean, and New England's favored by three, and it's got to be because they're at home. But uh, De- Detroit definitely needs to send a message this week because it's it's getting to the point where it's like okay, like you said, um, if you start out one and four, um, yeah, 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 and we have. Three losses by a combined 10 points right now. Like, we're right there. Just need to finish out games, you know? The defense needs to make one stop. They, uh, Seattle didn't punt one time last game. I don't know if that's ever happened before. Not in Seattle's history. I've never seen that before. I've never it's seen just, a team not have to punt. It's, um, just, it's just like Michigan State. Just it was unbelievably like watching, bad. Watching the Lions game was like watching Michigan State play. Except the uh, this, Lions can score. Except the Lions can score, yeah. 
So, like, after New England, they got a bye week, and then we are um, at Dallas, which um, I think that's a loss. Probably, I mean, yeah. It doesn't matter if Dak plays or not. Their starting quarterback has been playing great. Um, home against Miami, that's a loss. Probably. Uh, home against Green Bay, that's a loss. So, they technically could start out 1-7. and seven. Yeah, this is this is a huge game. I mean, you have to win it just to at least get some confidence going into the bye because... While those are all tough games that we just counted as losses, at home, there's potential. I don't know if you can beat Miami, but Tua's out. For now. For now. Yeah. Some are saying he might be out for the whole season. I mean, I, I hope he is. Um, Rodgers has not looked good this year, but, I mean, every time he plays the Lions. I was going to say, we're not, we're not beating un- Green Bay. He's unbelievable, but. And, and then we're at Chicago, which, you know, if, if we don't beat Chicago, he might as well just pack in the season. I mean. You start the season one and seven, so I totally agree. Like this is definitely a game that they have to win. Um, I hate using the word must-win game, but in my opinion, this is a must-win game for Dan Campbell, Dan Campbell and the Lions. Um, it'll show us that, that they can go on the road. Foxborough is going to be packed; it's already sold out. Um, if they can go on the road and beat New England, okay, we're two and three going into the bye week, which is still bad, but you got you got a really tough road ahead of you. So. We'll see what happens. What is your prediction for the Lions uh, at New England on Sunday, which that game's on at 1 o'clock? I think Zappi is going to be their quarterback, and I just think we outscore them. I'm going to say 38-27 to 27 Lions. Yeah, yeah I, I kind of agree. I had them at 38-24. Um, I'm praying that the, New England de- or that the New England offense is just not clicking at all and our offense can keep us in the game. But, I mean – how many games are we going to expect our offense? I mean, we put up 35 in the first game, 36 in the second game, 24 in the third, and then 45 in the fourth. I mean, you can't expect your offense to go be great every week. I mean, the defense has got to um, do something. And we haven't even talked about special teams. I mean, the, the kicking situation is borderline. It's borderline disgraceful, okay? I how, mean, do you miss, how do you miss two extra points in one game? It's a It's a – extra point it's a free point well he he's still on the so so cybert is still hurt this week he's practicing oh yes there's no he's probably not gonna play but he's out there at i least. didn't see that okay well i mean hopefully i mean again like to be talking about kickers is ridiculous but that was the difference in the game last week that yeah. was the difference in the game against philly um that yeah. was the difference in the game against minnesota oh, yeah so i mean i really want to see hutchinson do something I, he needs to prove that he was worth a second overall pick he coming out lost. of the draft. He looks lost. Yeah, coming out of the draft, they said he's the most NFL-ready prospect. And he looks like he's just learning how to play football. He, from what I've seen and, and from what I've read and, and what I listen to on the radio is, is he is trying too hard, meaning he's trying so hard to like get around somebody where he's totally missing the running back, where he's, yeah. he's just totally like he's over-trying. And he, he's got to get that finesse, and I'm sure it'll come with experience for sure. But you can't just lower your shoulder and expect to go around a guy every time. It's just not going to happen in the NFL. Um, so he, he's, he's, he, better, he better figure that shit out real quick or it's going to be. I did read that he was double teamed the most in the NFL through at least week three. Oh, wow. But how does no one else on that defensive line get to the quarterback, get to the quarterback if he's getting double teamed every single play? Well, when you got guys that worked at Starbucks last week on the defensive line, that's an issue. So, I mean, I, I mean, it's gonna be. It's we have gonna, to get healthy. 
most definitely. Um, side note, I'm, I'm going to be in Scottsdale, Arizona uh, this week, uh, this upcoming weekend and week, and um, going to the Philadelphia Eagles at Arizona Cardinals game on Sunday at 1 o'clock. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I would like to see Kyler. You know, it's, it's Kyler against Jalen, kind of two of the same type of quarterbacks. Um, so that should be a really good game, I hope. Um, right now the line is Philadelphia favored by five at Arizona, but Philly's also 4-0, and I don't, the Cardinals aren't very good. So um, we'll see what happens. But uh, that wraps up our fourth episode for Season 3. Uh, we will be back with you next week or the week after. Hope you guys have a good weekend.